Jumbo Marafiki, and welcome back to the True Rafiki Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nate, and currently we're listening to the Sea Jam Blues by Oscar Peterson. This is on his Night Train record, which was released in 1963, recorded near the end of 1962, just before Christmas, actually. If you don't know, Oscar Peterson is uh, one of my favorite jazz artists, good old Montrealer from Le, Le Canada Francais, dans Québec. And uh, passed away in 07, when I was 10 years old, in Mississauga, Ontario, not far from where I was born, actually. I actually had the pleasure of listening to Peterson live at one point, near in, in his later career, when I was maybe 6 or 7 years old, shortly before he passed away. He did a few performances in Canada, in Mississauga, in Toronto, not too far from where I was growing up. And yeah, I, I had the pleasure of listening to Oscar Peterson live. So, rest in peace to this great piano man. He inspired me to to play piano, to learn piano, to learn jazz. Uh, him and Monk. Him and Monk are my two biggest musical influences. So today, I decided, why not ingratiate... Is that a word, ingratiate? Why not ingratiate you all with some Oscar Peterson on the black and whites in the Sea Jam Blues, and we're gonna jam out to the rest of his Night Train record. Maybe not the entire thing, it depends on how long the episode goes. But check it out, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere. You could even buy it, I actually really recommend buying the vinyl. It's a good vibe. It's a good, let's just listen to this, man. It's a good vibe, man, I tell you. Oscar Peterson. Night Train, 1963, recorded in 1962. The good old Montreal Canadian jazz man. Now, I don't know too much about Oscar Peterson, actually. Um, I should definitely do more research on him. All I know is that he's born in Montreal and that his uh, family comes from the Caribbean. So, you know, big up the Don, you know what I mean? A lot of black Canadians have that same heritage. The... Uh, the Afro-Caribbean, the African-Caribbean, immigrating to Canada, mainly back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I mean, right up until the 90s, really. And my family came over primarily in the 70s and, and in the 80s. And even my dad's side more so in the 90s. But anyways, that's enough about Oscar Peterson. That's enough about me. Let's get into today's episode. Rafiki, if you follow me on Twitter, which you totally should, at RafikiPod, you should totally follow me on Twitter, but you would know that Twitter, especially for Pan-Africanists, is a very stressful environment to be in. So in my last episode, my previous episode, when was that, three weeks ago? I don't know, it was a while ago, I don't really upload regularly, so. (laughs) But in my previous episode, I talked about how I discovered this, I'm not even sure what you would call them, 
uh, group of individuals identifying as American descendants of slaves, and that led me down a rabbit hole, and I spoke on them a little bit previously. Today, I'm going to dedicate this episode to them. So, uh, big up yourselves, ADOS and FBA folks. Here you are, you have me, a Pan-Africanist living in the, in, in the diaspora, speaking on you. And I know the first thing they're going to say is, why aren't you in Africa? Well, that's a long story, Marafiki. A very long story, and I, I've spoken on this point um, various times before, and I'm sure that many ADOS and FBA, they won't be satisfied with whatever answer I provide for them. So, I want... If, if, if there are any of you folks listening to this episode, I want you to send me a DM on Twitter. My DMs are open, all right? And that's probably a mistake I'm making, but my DMs are open. I want you to send me a DM and tell me what answer you're expecting from me when it comes to why I am not in Africa. Because every answer I provide although my answers are very much truthful, are, are, are much to your dissatisfaction. So, I will assign you that if you want to get anything done in your lives. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. This is a casual episode. Whenever I listen to Peterson, I just feel like my, my entire aura, my entire vibe just chills. And I'm actually, I know I, I said I was getting into the episode. I took a little break for the end of the the, the previous song. Right now we have a bass solo going on. You can't really hear the music, but trust me, it's there. Anyways, I, I actually really enjoy putting these jazz records behind my my episodes because I thoroughly enjoy jazz. You know, anyways, that's besides the fact. Um, yeah, so these ADOS and uh, FBA, FBA standing for Foundational Black American, are uh, sending for me quite a bit. There are a few of them that are pretty persistent. I've been blocked by about 30 or 40 of them, which is pretty significant considering I have less than 200 followers on my Twitter, at RafikiPod. I have less than 200 followers, but I've been blocked by so many ADOS and FBA folks. And, um, I mean, for obvious reasons, right? It's because when they tweet and maybe somebody that I follow likes one of their tweets, I can see that on my timeline, and I'm like, what is this BS? Right, I have to respond. I'm not the kind of guy that can just sit down and be quiet and shut up. No, 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 no. I'm obnoxious, and I, I'll be the first one to admit it. A lot of people would just sit down and, and, and ignore it. But for me, I, I have a problem. I can't tune things out. If I see some, some, some bullcrap on my timeline or anywhere, I'm going to call it out straight up. You know, so... And, and you know what? Maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not. But I'm proud of it. It's, it's who I am. Anyway, so... These people are, are basically claiming, for y'all who don't know, they claim that they are not African. These are black Americans. It's a, it's a very specifically American movement, right? Which should tell you <laughs> that it should not be taken seriously, if you ask me. It's a very specific and isolated American movement where these, uh, it, it's not many of them. I don't know the total numbers. I mean, I'm sure the numbers change frequently. They may go up, they may go down. I, and I, I think it's growing, but that could just be because of my own observations. I don't have the stats on these people. But these people basically go around saying that they are Native Americans. They are not Africans. They are descendants of slaves. However, due to some massive government conspiracy cover-up, 
uh, they were made to believe they are African, and they cite these sources, which are, let's just call them less than stellar. I mean, this is what happens with these fringe groups. They find one very, very niche source and treat it as if it's their own gospel, right? And that, that's a problem. I mean, you have people who claim to be authors and researchers and historians who have never even completed uh, the 12th or 12th grade or maybe first year of college or university. And I mean, look, I don't know what their circumstances are. All right. I know America has a very different educational system than the rest of the world. But I can tell you this. I mean, look, if you want to research history, it's not difficult. And I, and, and I will uh, explain later on into this episode. This record's only 40 minutes, so I'm not going to take up the entire 40 minutes. Don't worry. So, when I first encountered these ADOS and FBA folks, at first I, I, I thought they were kind of cool. I'm like, hey, here we go. Here we have some Americans, black Americans, who are standing up against the, the capitalist uh, imperialist system which is currently being led by the United States of America. And I'm like, yeah, I vibe with that. They have a cool flag. It has a little sword in it. It's black and red. I'm like, this is cool. This is dope. This, this is badass. This is nice. I can vibe with this. But then I read through the tweets. And Marafiki, when I read through these tweets, ah, Charlie, whoa. Bacchanal. If you know what Bacchanal is, right? Bacchanal is a Trinidadian word, all right? My family's from Trinidad. Bacchanal just means stupidness right is craziness is chaos all right if you were a conservative you would call it anarchy i mean it's not anarchy but it's anarchy in the conservative sense of the word anarchy and it's meaning right you get what i mean it's back on now it's craziness tweets going on about how people these black americans refuse to visit africa because they don't want to become victims of genocide they don't want to get shot by religious extremists they don't want to be attacked for being part of the LGBTQ plus community. They don't want to be attacked due to their, due to their ethnicity or their background. Matter of fact, I'm reading all of these tweets about how all these black Americans don't want to go to Africa because of these things. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, but wait a minute. All of these black Americans talking all of this smack about Africa, explaining things as to what's going on in Africa from uh, according to their Fox News propaganda. Meanwhile, these very things are happening right under their noses in the US of A, in Yankee land. And I thought to myself, wow, maybe these people aren't really <laughs> the way to go. So I was scrolling through, I continued on, I interacted with a few of these folks. A couple of them actually made it to my DMs. Most of them have closed DMs for obvious reasons because when you have such fringe ideology, such um, I wouldn't call it extremist, but I'll call it yeah fringe ideology, you generally want to keep your DMs closed or else you are going to get, I, I don't know how to describe it, but you, you your career is done. Your, your career is done. You're going to be like Derrick Rose if Derrick Rose had 10 more injuries. All right? You're done. Retire. It's over for you. Okay? It's over for you. If if your DMs are open and you have this FBA ADOS belief. And it seems to me that FBA and ADOS are not even the same thing. And quite frankly, I don't really understand that. Um, they both look the same from the outside. And look, that is my fault because I'm not American. I don't identify as part of either of these groups for obvious reasons. So I don't understand the inner dynamics. But I do understand their ideologies. 
and their ideologies from the outside look to be one and the same. Black Americans or these group of black Americans are not African. They are native. They are this. They are that. So I came to the conclusion very quickly that the ADOS and FBA movements are fascist movements in nature. They they play into this false sense of racial superiority based on a, a, a what's nothing more than a simple mythology created that people are now eating into. It's the same thing the the Nazis did with Aryanism and, and the pure you know blonde hair blue eye uh, 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 race, which is the purest race according to the Nazis in Europe. You know it's the same thing those uh, they they have the same thing in India with the the Hindu extremists. Who are essentially Hindu fascists. Every everywhere around the world, even in Africa, you have these group of people who see themselves as superior to the remainder of the world. All right, look, look I am a Pan-Africanist. I am a pro-African. I believe in African unity for all Africans all over the world. Right? Even the FBA and ADUS, even though they don't think they're African, man, you're welcome. At least in my opinion, but Pan-Africanism is like any other leftist ideology. If you get 20 Pan-Africanists in a room, you're going to have 40 different definitions of Pan-Africanism, right? So, look, that's my first biggest critique of the ideology which I follow. But, you know, that, that, that that's part of it. Any ideology you follow, you have to critique it, right? Because, you know, it's all part of understanding the truth and coming to compromises, between people who may have the same broader ideology, but the finer points are not hashed out. But these ADOS and FBA people don't seem to actually have that type of broad ideology. Their ideology is pretty narrow-minded, and I think that's why they came across to me as a fascist, extreme right-wing group. I mean, these people are, I think, on par with the Klan. I think they are on par with the Proud Boys. You know, those far fringe right wing groups that have these insecurities about their own history where they want to erase their own history. And when they erase their own history, they claim that their original history was erased. Meanwhile, they are erasing their original history. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me give you an example to clear it up for you. So these black Americans, most of them are fully African or mostly African and that's known you can prove that through science you can prove that through archaeology you can prove that through DNA you can prove that through through censuses and records right I'll get again I'll get into that in a little bit because some of these people they think they got the the, the Trump card but they don't got Trump card they got something like a counterfeit one dollar bill in their hand and they they hang on to it as if it's a million dollars you know but these people have a history which is known but that their history may have some sort of traumatic event, right? And of course, in the black American sense, just like most other black people on the side of the world, that traumatic event is slavery and the ensuing civil rights movements, which has happened all across North and South America, right? Due to these traumatic events, these people feel maybe, in my mind, some sort of shame about their history. So they create a new history about themselves and claim that they are that this new history was the true history and was erased in order to put them down. Marafiki, this is classic fascist Nazi uh, uh, ideology. All right, this is what they do. This is the same thing that you know those people in, in in your school that bully you, that pick on you and everything, because they have their own insecurities that they are projecting onto you. And by picking on you or by, by bullying you, they are making themselves feel valid 
right? This is what happens, right? This, this is this is what these people are doing. So that was my initial thought, but then I looked into it more and I came to a second conclusion that yes, these people are indeed fascists, but they exhibit more of like a fascist cult, like identity ideology, just like the Ku Klux Klan, right? These people are basically the black version of the Ku Klux Klan, right? The KKK hates Africans, the ADOS and FBA hate Africans, right? These people are one and the same in my mind. If I see an ADOS and a KKK in the street, I'm sending for the both of them. I'm not picking sides. I'm sending for the both of them. So, I guess you can say that. Yeah, they're ashamed of their history. They don't know their history. And they've created this mythological identity for themselves, which has permeated and, and, and grown and evolved like a like some nasty mold into this ADOS, FBA, ideology, identity, whatever you want to call it. See, there's an issue, and this is a big issue, especially in, in uh, coming from a Canadian uh, point of view, right? Because I, I live in Canada, I'm a Canadian citizen, I have a Canadian passport, and I went through the Canadian educational system. And in Canada, we learned about the first, first of all, we don't really call them natives, we call them First Nations, Inuit and Métis, all right? Many of them call themselves Indians, but the politically correct term according to the government is First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, depending on your own lineages. These people are a proud people. These people are a strong people, a resilient people who have been through hell and back, victims of multiple genocides, and not until very recently have not had the ability to basically be themselves in communities not dominated by themselves. And, and what I mean by this is that these First Nations people, Métis and Inuit people, are just now giving, given the chance by the colonial, uh, by the the colonist government, to express themselves freely, and they're still not even to that stage where they can truly express themselves freely and be themselves freely and live by their own traditions freely, because Canada, just like the U.S., is still a colonial government. You see, these First Nations. Métis and Inuit, at least in Canada sense, in the US, they call them different things depending where they are. These people were the first people in this land. These people do not have anywhere near as much African DNA in them as black Americans. Alright, and you, you don't believe me? Look, you can go out and do your own scientific test through a neutral source. You can even go to some governments and they'll do it for you. You see, claiming to be native to a country because you can't find records of your family prior to 1776 is is so full of issues, it's so problematic that it almost seems like they're just saying it ironically to make to make a joke or something, a really bad joke, right? Like Ellen. You ever watch Ellen's comedy? I don't like it. Some people like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> Anyways, these people are just making bad jokes. That's what it seems like. But no, they're very serious. So. I had an interaction with one of these FBA um, people talking about lineage, talking about ancestry, and I explained to him, so uh, he, he told me that there's a reason uh, uh, why nothing goes back before 1790, and I asked him, well, what's that reason? And it's because he, he said the government is trying to hide something. They don't trust the government. And I explained, well, what was the USA like before? 1790. Where was your family before 1790? 
and he explained to me, oh, somewhere in Georgia, somewhere in Florida, somewhere in Louisiana, Missouri, Kansas. And I'm like, okay, hang on. Let's focus on Louisiana, Missouri, and Kansas. Were Louisiana, Missouri, and Kansas part of the United States in 1790? Never mind 1776, but in 1790. Answer is no, right? They weren't part of the U.S. until Napoleon sold them that land in the Louisiana Purchase. That's some American history for you. All right, I took American history in university. I know a bit about American history, trust me. But these people are questioning how come there are no American records prior to 1790? That's the first census or whatever they said was, was 1790. I don't know how true that is, but maybe it is true. It, it would make sense. And I have to explain to at least 30 or 40 people a week. Uh, listen, look, a census right, is run by the federal government, right? Correct. The United States federal government was founded and recognized in 1776. Therefore, every record prior to 1776 about people on American soil would be not in American archives, but in European archives, French, Spanish, and British archives to be specific. This is the same for Canadian records, the same for almost every Caribbean record, especially when it came to slavery. Because look, Marafiki, slavery Although the state likes to play down its role, slavery was a matter of the state. Slavery was a federal institution, right? And the U.S. has had slaves long before 1776, a couple hundred years, at least before 1776. Therefore, you have a couple hundred years of history which are not accessible in American records. So I explained to these people, look. You want to find out where your family was before 1776? You have to go to the UK, you have to go to France, you have to go to Spain, wherever you're from in the US, based on where uh, your, uh, what European empire colonized your region in the US, go there in Europe, or talk to somebody over there in Europe, and ask them for your records, and you will see, you will see where you come from. Just because something doesn't exist before a certain period of time, doesn't mean that you are therefore native. You have always existed in that physical, geographical location. No. Marafiki, you will think that's where the, the idiocy uh, halts. No. No, 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 no. It gets worse. It gets worse because there are people, black people, African people living in the U.S., part of the diaspora, descendants of slaves which have come from Africa who believe let me just uh, clear my nose here I'm not doing drugs I just have allergies it's cold it's, it's it's almost November in Canada it's cold all right anyway anyways the, man Oscar Peterson man it just makes me chill it makes me vibe listen to this man the piano is good I love it the whole vibes is nice. Anyways, you have black people in America who deny the significance of the transatlantic slave trade. In fact, they consider it to be a fictional event made up in the 1920s by some Jewish author. Um, I don't know, the Herkowitz or whatever the name is. I don't know the name of the person. But they claim it to be a fictional event. Marafiki, when I heard this, when I saw that this was an actual belief in these people, as a way to justify their Native American heritage, I was between extreme anger and 
bursting out in, in, in laughter because I have never heard such a thing as ridiculous as denying the slave trade. Perhaps no human event from that time period is more well documented, more well accounted for, and has more archaeological and historical evidence than the transatlantic slave trade. In fact, it's so well known, it's so well documented that I would consider those who deny the transatlantic slave trade to be on the same level of existence as flat earthers. They take all of the evidence, they take all of the science, all of the history, all of the proof, and say, no, it's fabricated, made up. Look, Marfiki, I don't trust the government just as much as the next person, all right? I'm not a huge fan of colonialist governments. I'm not a huge fan of capitalistic, imperialistic regimes, alright? But I do not believe that these regimes are responsible for making up this grand conspiracy to cover up the true identity of black people in North America and South America. So of course I brought up these points multiple times to these people. And their response was, well, in the rest of the Americas, there were African slaves, but nowhere near as many in America. And I said, you know what? That's about the first true thing I've heard out of your mouth in the entire conversation, because it is true. Only a few hundred thousand slaves were brought in to the U.S. compared to the millions brought to the Caribbean and South America. Right? But you have to realize this few hundred thousand number is not the entire picture. Marafiki, the history of slavery in the United States is a muddy and complicated history, mainly because the U.S. has not always existed. It began to exist in 1776 and did not fully exist until the late 1800s as a, as, as a country we recognize today with the uh, purchase of Alaska, I think in 1867. I don't, I don't know when that was. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was in 1867, the same year Canada became independent. Anyways, these people think that this few hundred thousand number is, are all the Africans which were brought to America overall, which is not correct, alright? Those are the Africans brought to America directly from Africa on slave ships directly from Africa, right? 300 and something thousand official landings. In total, those ships would have carried about, in, in, in total, about 800 or 900,000, but keep in mind, the, the attrition rate, the death rate on these slave ships among the Africans were uh, uh, was really high. In some cases, three quarters of the Africans would die, either by their own hands, by jumping off the ship into the bottom of the ocean, or by disease, or by being killed. Marafiki, when I think about those bodies on the bottom of the ocean, and then I see people tweeting the stuff denying that ever happened, or denying the significance, the importance of that event. It, it, it makes me angry to a point to where I, I essentially lose all hope in the United States. I do not have much hope in America in the first place, alright? America is going to collapse at some point, as all empires do. And when that event happens, whether that be tomorrow, whether that be 30, 40 years from now, you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm gonna raise a glass, pour one out for all the dead Africans 
which fell victim to that evil empire. And now the evil empire is gone, right? Anyways, to deny the slave trade is again, like I said, to basically deny the fact that the sky is blue and the earth is round. There is enough evidence to prove it to be fact. However, these people provide no evidence to prove the otherwise. All the evidence comes from, again, their, their friends' sources, all right? I'm talking Fox News has more credibility than these sources they provide to deny the slave trade or deny its importance. Anyways, back to that 300-whatever-thousand number. So that, that's 300-whatever-thousand documented legal slaves brought in directly from Africa. After the slave trade was essentially abolished by the British Empire, it wasn't really abolished, but it was, for a large part, reduced greatly. There were still hundreds, Marafiki, I will repeat myself, hundreds of documented, well-documented slave voyages, not from Africa, but from Brazil, from Cuba, from Colombia, from Venezuela, to the United States, to ports like in, uh, in, in um, Delaware, Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware, I don't know the name of the port, in Virginia, South Carolina, Louisiana, and of course, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, and Georgia, all across the, the eastern seaboard and, and, and southern coast. Hundreds of voyages, Marafiki. Each one of these ships carrying about three to 400 enslaved Africans. All of these numbers do not go towards that 300,000 whatever number because that 300,000 whatever number only refers to slaves brought directly from Africa. On top of all of that, Marafiki, that 300,000 number only refers to slaves also brought to the United States. And what was the United States before 1776? Hmm. It didn't exist, right? The land was there. The slaves were there. But the country was not there. You see what I'm getting at, Marafiki? If you look a little bit deeper beyond the articles you read online into the actual data which these articles claim to utilize, you would see, wait a minute, there are numbers missing here. Now, you may be wondering, okay, Nate, what gives you the authority? What, what gives you this knowledge? Well, I spent, like I said a million times, thousands of hours studying this. I have a degree in African history and geopolitics. I've took countless lectures on the subject, on the slave trade, written uh, multiple papers on the subject. And if you want to see them, I can send them to you. Along with the grade, along with my sources, along with the comments on them. I have it. I still have it all, all right? Even from high school, all right, Matter Freaky? I keep this because people always ask me, how do I know this? And I'm like, listen, I've written papers. You think I went and Googled it for five minutes to a, uh, and went on a Wikipedia article. Yes, look, I did use Wikipedia quite often. But it does not mean I did not use other sources, all right? Now look, Wikipedia, in my opinion, side note, Wikipedia, in my opinion, is a great place to gather sources. Not to gather information, but to gather sources. Because at the bottom, in the references section, you can just go to all those sources, check them out for yourself. Are they credible? Are they not credible? Are they real? Are they fake? Are they this? Are they that? And you can determine it for yourself. I used Wikipedia a lot for that because it's very useful to just to compile a bunch of sources to get started on a subject. So if you want to do that, I highly recommend doing it. But, but, but Marafiki, please, don't tell me I should learn my history. I should do research. I should stop Googling and uh, uh, what did the one guy say? I think he said, Google University with my YouTube degree or whatever. 
when people say these things to me, Marafiki, I so badly want to explain to them that, listen, I did go to university. I have an education. I'm well versed in the subject, but I don't say that really because I just feel like a douchebag waiting my degree, feeling like, feeling like I'm some sort of elitist, some educated elitist, right? But it, it's come to the point where I do, I have to say that or else I'm going to continue to be discredited for no reason. I'm literally staring at my degree right now in my office as I speak on the subject. Marfiki, I would like to wrap up the episode. We're getting towards the end of the record. We only have a few minutes left in this record. I would like to wrap up the episode with a couple of points. Black Americans, I know there are many of you listening. I have a couple hundred regular listeners and 75% of you are in the United States or at least listening through a United States server. It could be on a VPN. I don't know. But black Americans, and I know there are some of you listening. Do you have a passport? If it's yes, catch the next flight if you are financially able to, to the motherland. Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, Zambia, Botswana, Ethiopia, Senegal, anywhere. Look it up. Google it. All right, find a place that suits you, visit it, spend a couple weeks, meet the people, and learn about your history. If you don't have a passport, get a passport and do the same if you're able. And if you are able to travel and choose not to get a passport, then Marafika, you are choosing to remain ignorant. You are choosing to remain in the environment where you have to consume the propaganda which the American imperialist news media gives to you. You are choosing to remain on the tube which is feeding you the lies which only propagate the patriarchic white supremacist system which you are living under. Marafiki, you are choosing to remain a tool of the imperialist to destroy the African not only within you but all over the world. And if you choose that, Marafiki, if you choose that, Marafiki, the ancestors, your time will come. Look, trust me. To end it off, Marafiki, no black American is fully native to the Americas. And if you disagree with that, again, you can DM me or tweet at me. Y'all love to tweet at me. All right, tweet at me and say, Nate, you're wrong. You're an idiot. All right, cool. Here are my sources. Go read them. If you don't read them, I'm just going to assume you're taking the L. If you block me, I'm going to assume you're taking the L. If you read them and come back to me and still give me some BS, I'm assuming you didn't read them. Read them, Marafiki. I will send them to you. I have them saved. I can send them to you along with their sources. And you can critique it. You can look up the authors. You can you can uh, um, background check them. Do whatever they want. And many, many of them are PhDs, multiple PhDs, African PhDs, European PhDs, North and South American PhDs. Uh, there are two guys I like to read, actually. Neither of them are African. Neither of them are African. They're actually both Australian PhDs who study African history. And they actually speak a lot about African history. And I like the way they speak about it from a non-African point of view. It's actually very interesting. And I encourage you to, to listen to that. Marafiki, many black Americans may be of mixed heritage, but the traceable African identities are very much present. Denying this is a sign that you are a victim of the brainwashing going on in your country. And Marafiki, that piano 
riff at the beginning there is my sign to wrap up. We've been going on for a little while now, over half an hour, longer than I thought it would be. But I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm not sure what I'm going to title it. It's a bit different. I had some talking points written down and I just spoke on them. Maybe I'll call it talking points, ADOS and FBA. Maybe I'll do it that. You know what? Yeah. Talking points, ADOS and FBA with Nate, your true Rafiki. Anyways, follow me on social media at RafikiPod on Instagram and Twitter, especially Twitter. Twitter's been popping up. I've gained. All right. I just want to thank you all real quick for the tremendous support. Okay. You all have blown me away in the past three weeks. Because when I posted my previous episode, it was a regular episode. I didn't expect to get much traction. It was ordinary. I just post for the sake of posting. You know, even if I have to just talk and no one listens, I don't care. I I enjoy doing podcasts. It's almost been two years of me doing podcasts. And I really enjoy it. It's therapeutic for me. But that previous episode is my most listened to episode. It has my most diverse... I think right now... Let me check the numbers right now, actually. Last time I checked, it was over 400 plays, which is my most listened to episode I've ever... I've ever... Um... Posted. But... I want to appreciate you all for the support. I've gained about 100 and something followers over the past three weeks on Twitter. Now I have 170, 180 followers on Twitter. I don't know how many. I'm getting new ones every day. I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with a lot of uh, you out there who are supportive of the show. Many of you are just haters, but listen, I have a lot more supporters than I do haters. So I'm really grateful for all of your support. And it's motivating me to carry on and go forward and to keep on doing what I'm doing. Anyways, Marfriki, I'm Nate's. Your true Rafiki. This is the true Rafiki podcast. I'm going to be off social media for a couple weeks starting next Friday because I'm gone. I'm going to South America, so I'm going to relax. But you'll hear from me uh, sometime in December, most likely. Stay safe. Keep reading your books. Keep learning more. Yada, yada, yada. Check me out on social media. And uh, yeah, peace out.